Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Always goes far.
And welcome in everyone to Scout's Eye on Football for this Wednesday, and uh, the 30th, as I, I turned on the volume here, apologize, Wednesday, June 30th, the last day of June. My goodness, we're headed to July 1st tomorrow. Good to be with you. Lots to get to today. Got a few questions, but as we always like to say, we encourage your participation. Bring your questions. Uh, we'll certainly address them here in the show. A lot to get into. Um, going to talk a little bit. Um, I got, got a few questions. Got questions on some quarterbacks. Let's see. Um, going to give you some recruiting updates. Going to take a look at some key position battles in the NFL. Last week we talked about um, the offensive and defensive schemes uh, in the NFL. Each and every team. We're going to go through some some key position battles around the NFL that are going to be fun to watch. So games within the games, if you will, as we are looking at it as we've got enough, at least I do, enough work done in this uh, off-season, this workout season with some work to see where some of the key position battles might be when we open up camp, which, by the way, once we turn to July, it's officially on. Okay, it is on. I mean, it is uh, once we get to that month, once we get past July 4th, Training camps are opening up this month, that particular month, and obviously early August when the college camps uh, uh, open up. And a lot of people look at the start of media days as the start of the season. I, I don't, but it's a it's a start of the talk season, and so we're we're about three weeks away before it's really taken a new level. And we're going to be excited here to bring you everything on all our different platforms. Um, and I mentioned yesterday on the SEC show that we're working on um, work. I, I'll, I'll tell you, we're working on with the folks at Podcast Park in Atlanta uh, with Dickey Broadcasting that are going to take over the promotion and um, the production of our show in terms of putting it out there for you. So we'll give you updates and, you know, it may require you, if you would, you know, indulge us to sign up, uh, again, free, just, you know, sign up where you get your podcast. So, uh, right now, you're good to get it where it is. We'll, we'll give you the uh, whatever the Omni sign-up is uh, for free for that when that comes up. So we're really excited about that. The SEC show, this show, uh, we're going to be bringing that to you. We're going to give you updates on kind of where things stand on recruiting um, nationally in college ball. It is, uh, it's early, but the early signing day is the signing day in uh, December. So where things are now and where they're headed. Um, so and if we get some time, uh, we've got a question about evaluating quarterbacks, how we do that. But uh want to remind you that uh, we've got a nice, um, a, 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 you know, a, a look at on LandryFootball.com at uh, the top players at each position heading into this season based on the last few years. Um of grades, uh, we've got uh, certainly a look in evaluation of all the, um, the the coaches' offensive, defensive side. The college previews got a lot to do. Got a lot to do between here and the before we officially kick off the season. But <clears throat> you know, um, I did want to get into, and I think we'll start with a look at some of the key position battles in the NFL. We'll go through them pretty quick. Um, you know, um, if you kind of go through each team, 
there's some things that are intriguing. We're, we're going to go through that pretty quickly. And again, certainly drop your questions there. Thoughts, we, we certainly want to get into it. Um, we'll mention, too, uh, some kind of news of the day. Um, LSU has, um, for the time being, and we'll see where this, this takes it, you can check out the news in our notebook. We had it on, on Monday's notebook. It came out on Tuesday. But LSU obviously has uh, parted ways for the time being with uh, Dare Rosenthal, their starting left tackle. Uh, he's a talented young guy, but he's failed multiple um, drug tests at LSU. Uh, he missed multiple games last year, was suspended. It's been a recurring problem with him. Um, so his entering the transfer portal has a lot to do with the fact that he's had some issues there. Um, LSU, you know, historically, uh, if you go back to, well, even before, but most recently Tyron Matthew failed a number of drug tests. Um, the issue is when you get a university drug test, the only people know about it is keep people in the university. And I know when Matt, Tyron Matthew had the drug test, there, there were about a dozen positive tests that he had. It wasn't until the NCAA drug test that got him suspended. And this is, again, the case here. So uh, there is some thought about trying to do what they can to bring him back. We'll see where that goes. But we got some other uh, information as well on that, as well as some big recruiting information yesterday for Florida State and Wisconsin. We're going to keep a lot of the minutia out of it uh, because we know that some of you follow recruiting, some of you don't and maybe some of the names you may not be familiar with. But if you want to learn a little bit about some of those guys, we certainly can provide that to you. But uh, Ryan Brubaker is an impressive offensive tackle that South Carolina has got a commitment from and um, really, really good get for them. Wisconsin, as you know, Wisconsin has really developed offensive linemen very well. Uh, and Joe Bruner is the next one, a 6'6", three-year-pound rock tackle is – is um, is an impressive guy that's a, a top 60, top 70 player overall nationally. Very, very impressive gets for them. But a lot of other commitment news daily in, in Transfer Portal News in the Scouts Notebook on LandryFootball.com. So check it out today. Take advantage of the scouting season offer that's still in effect. Uh, in the NFL, we've got news and notes as well, so check that out. But in our previews, we've got college previews. We've got breakdowns of different units in college we do the same in the nfl so uh, i think you're gonna you're gonna absolutely love it and there's no better time to get involved in what we're doing here um we can take a look at the the, the key positions in the nfl uh that i've got up going right now uh, on landryfootball.com so check it out um <clears throat> tony joins us and I'll get to your questions as soon as I can if I'm in the middle of thoughts on something else. Hold tight. We'll get to it. But Tony chimes in. Good morning, Tony. Hope you are well. Um, Tony says, wondering if you could speak on how it works between GM and agents when talking contract extensions. How often do they talk in a week, every day, once a month? Tony, it varies. Um, here's what I would say is deadline creates movement. So if you're trying to get a deal done, the best way to have any sort of leverage is some sort of deadline. 
when you're dealing with an extension, and, and Tony is probably referring to, and I may be wrong here, but he's probably referring to the Baker Mayfield contract extension. Look, it's one of those things that my experience is that can go really slow, and then all of a sudden, boom, in one conversation, you can have it done. It's just, um, it just really depends on the motivation to get a deal done on both sides. Some will kind of tiptoe and delve in, have conversations. Usually, there's an initial conversation. It's usually about, we'd like to do this. This is our thought process on each side. Uh, this is why maybe we'd like to get it done. We'd like to, too, if it's kind of the right, you know, and then, then you kind of go from there. Um, and that kind of dictates the speed in which a deal, the, the conversations take place. Um, it would be inaccurate to say, well, you, you meet once a week. No, it depends. If, if, if the deadline's close, which is not right now, you may talk w once a day. Uh, when it gets real serious, you may talk twice a day, even three times a day. In a case like this, maybe once a week. Um, look, I think that if if a deal, if a, one of these conversations progress into movement to where it's close, then you could see it wrap up quickly. More than likely, it'll take a while. It'll take several conversations that will will address one thing here, one thing there, and you go back and forth. It, it really does depend on the agent, depends on the GM, and it more importantly depends upon the situation. What's that, King? Good morning. Uh, has the approach in the off-season workouts for NFL players changed over time? Seems like coaches talk more about strength and conditioning than ever before. Um, well, no, not. it hasn't changed over recent years. Well, yes, it has in some degree. In terms of strength and conditioning, that is something that's been around for a while. The increase in the importance of strength and conditioning, that, that's been around for a while, and it's ever-increasing on nutrition, strength and conditioning, rest. All those things are better understood in today's environment than ever before by players. So that's changed over time gradually. Now, um, what's changed recently over the past, oh, let's call it decade, is the lack of being able to work in pads, padded workouts. And that's not what you're talking about, but this is related to what you're talking about. When you can't go into pads more and you're having to do more on-field work, you, you tend to talk more about the strength and conditioning and all of those things more because that's what you have to go off of more than if you was able to get a few scrimmages done. You just don't, you don't have that. So, you know, for example, when you start when practices start in camp, even though there's no such thing as two-a-day practices anymore, then people talk about that. They're no longer talking about the conditioning. But the other thing is, this time of year, without the practices, the, around college football or NFL, high school, whatever, 
there's a process once you get after the season's over it's about conditioning and a build-up to that so this is the time where you do talk about strength and conditioning because that's all you're doing oh you have some workouts some practice workouts and when you have those workouts that's where you start to hear talks about position drills and position battles and things like that we'll get into some of that today but there's a process that leads up to that the strength and conditioning leads up to the practices so the reason why you're hearing more and more about that is because that's all you're really doing to a certain point until you get into the game so what's up fantasy football 101 what where have you been gosh i've been looking for you we're pulling out an apb we were wondering where the heck is my man gone appreciate all of you joining us so let's get into some position battles, and we'll certainly integrate some of your questions in the mix as we go. Uh, and, and I'll get to them right away. Don't 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 fret. I'm gonna. I don't want to break thought, but just kind of go through each team here. And I, as I did with the breakdowns of um, the schemes, offensive and defensive schemes. Hopefully, you liked that last week. Um, We'll do the same thing. Good morning, Blake. Blake, see if you like joining us, all our regulars. Um, Arizona. I think the biggest one is the right guard position. J.R. Sweezy, Justin Murray. I think Murray's the favorite. That's the one to key look at. I think that Brian Winters is in his first year. Um, so let's 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 watch how Murray. Um, does against winners that's that right guard spots interesting for Atlanta I think the left guard spot um I think Josh Andrews has got the leg up um he's played I think over 100 snaps for the first time in his career last year with the Jets um but he didn't um and I think he's got a future but um I do think Jalen Mayfield is the guy to watch in this battle he's a bit of a project I think he can earn this job, but he's going to have to earn it. He's going to have to earn it with better technique, consistency, because I think um, he's got more talent, um, more talent than Josh does. For Baltimore, um, I think edge rusher. They've always been very good there. Um, Matthew Judon, Yannick Ngakwe walked in free agency. You got... Um, You know, they, they re-signed uh, McPhee, uh, Tyson Bauer. Um, you know, um, Alway from Penn State joined in. Now, Alway's kind of scratching the surface, and he didn't have a lot. He didn't do anything in terms of sacks last year, but he's got some good ability to create pressure. He's going to – I think he's going to work into the rotation along with the aforementioned Bowser McPhee and, and, and Jalen Ferguson. Uh, I wanted to see where they go. Now, I also, you know, that's outside backer, defensive end. Calais Campbell certainly can add to the mix. So keep that in mind. But that's one that I'm looking for because that's a team that always brings good edge pressure. And obviously, this is going to be a little different. I also think defensive end in Buffalo is intriguing. Um, Hughes and Addison are the two starting defensive end. I like A.J. Apaneza. The second round pick in 20. Uh, he did a good job in the rotational role. Um, 
But with Gregory Rousseau and Carlos Basham with their first two picks, I think that's going to be interesting. Let's watch the defensive end position in Buffalo. For Carolina, it's left tackle. Um, Brady Christensen, I think, is going to have a chance to win that job as a rookie. Um, he doesn't have great length, but, boy, he's got really good athleticism. And I thought he graded out well at, at BYU last year. Um, you know, Greg Little, Cam Irvin, Trent Scott, guys that are only going to get the job if Brady just can't handle it experience-wise. Um, these guys are not these what we would call orange, at this point, orange Grady players. <clears throat> so Brady's a green, but I think can develop into a purple, whereas I think the other three what we call down arrow players that even when they've graded in purples, they are not grading that way now. For those of you who are members of LandryFootball.com, you know that purple grades are starting caliber players, orange are backups. And the axiom is you always want to try to replace your oranges. Uh, reds are uh, uh, guys that win for you, and, and, and blues are elite. For the Bears, I don't think there's any doubt um, going to get um, the quarterback positions, going to get all the attention in Chicago. And there are other positions that are intriguing, but let's just call it what it is. The fan and the media are going to be looking at quarterback spot. Who's going to win it? Okay, you know, Andy Dalton is maybe the favorite to get the first snap, but how long before Justin Fields earns the job? That's the real key. Um, so that is clearly what's in. Blake asked, did I see Dak Prescott at the baseball game last night? I sure did. Jake Cutler was there too, um, representing their alma maters as um, State and Vanderbilt are going into game three tonight. Kumar Rocker on the mound, so... Game three, always fun. Yeah, we talk about game sevens. I guess in college baseball World Series, it's it's game three. Always fun, which you can watch that type of game. Um, we'll get to Rich got some. What was my grades coming out of questions? We'll get to that in a little bit if we can. Um, uh, Rich, uh, the Bengals. That's another team I'm looking on the offensive line and saying. Um, Watch the guard spot. Um, lots talked about what they did. They draft Jamar Chase. They didn't draft Panay Sewell. Regardless of what you think of that, it's going to really come down to, yes, that's a great weapon for for um, Joe Burrow. But if they are going to work the field vertically, which the Bengals want to do more, got to have better protection. And the weakest spot remains the guard position. And I think Jackson Corman... Clemson kid is going to be given every opportunity to win one of those starting guard spots. And Quentin Spain, Michael Jordan, um, Xavier Sulafilo, veteran guy, are among the others. They've got two guard spots. Um, or, or that really need to be upgraded. I mean, they're not going to be able to run the football well enough, and they're not going to be able to protect the pocket for Joe Burrow if they can't block well at the guard spot. For the Browns, uh, for Tony's Browns team, I, I think it's defensive tackle, and I bet Tony would probably agree with that. I think they've got good competition at multiple positions. Um, after releasing Sheldon Richardson, we kind of know that. Jordan Elliott has 
got to take a step up. He did not grade out very well, but I think he's got potential. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and we'll see whether Missouri product can improve there. Billings, Malik Jackson, um, Togei, all those guys, I just don't think they're strong enough at defensive tackle. Can they overcome it? Uh, they're going to have to work around it. Now, this is a good defense. They've got good components to it. Uh, if they can play with the lead, um, you know, people may not run at them as much. Maybe they can play, you know, obviously reduce their front a little bit, get some better pass rushers inside. They can overcome it to some degree. But they're going to have to overcome it. They really are. They're going to have to scheme it up a little bit. They're going to have to play well around the defensive tackle position. For the Cowboys, I think it's the linebacker position. Uh, you remember when they had Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch? Um, injuries. I always say this. What do I say around draft time? Don't think you're strong, so strong at one position that you can pass over the better player. And I'm not talking about the Cowboys in a specific situation. I'm talking about you hear that, oh, we need this better. Get the better player because where you think you are strong, you are not as strong as you think because an injury here, a free agent signing there, and you go from a position of the biggest strength on the team to the biggest weakness like that. Um, injuries are a big part of it. Now, um, Michael Parsons, Jabril Cox, Keanu Neal, who's going to play the Wolbacker spot for them. Um, Parsons is going to be a, I think, if he's not starting at Mike, I don't know who else is. They're a real weakness there. And I don't know that he's ready, but they're going to have to. So um, I think Vander Esch and, and Smith are going to play in nickel. Um, and so I think we're going to see how that plays out. Um, that's that's going to be real key to watch how that works out. For the Broncos cornerback position, I think it's really key. Um, if you look at it, Kyle Fuller. Ronald Darby, Bryce Callahan, um, Patrick Chetan. That's going to be interesting. This is a case where you got some quality there that can match up. So I don't know what their offense is going to be able to do in the passing game, but the Broncos are a really good-looking roster, and in some spots they're really good. They've done a good job there. Um, Detroit, safety. Um, boy, it is... It is a weak roster in Detroit, and it's as weak a position group as they have on their team. Uh, Dean Marlowe is the kid out of James Madison that's that's in his seventh year, I believe. Um, he, he hadn't played 250 snaps a year yet. Um, he's going to be the guy that they're looking to, you know, step up. And Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde in Buffalo the past few years, Will Harris, they got to get somebody to step up, and it's probably going to have to come with Micah and Poirier and Harris. Uh, Marlowe is no better than the fourth safety on your team, and that needs to be upgraded. The pack, I think it's corner again. Um, Kevin King, um, opposite Jair Alexander. Uh, we know King struggled against the Bucks. Um, Scotty Miller and First, you can't overreact to that, but if you look at him consistently, I think Kevin is more of a guy that's a press cover guy. Um, 
they're going to need Eric Stokes, who's coming off really good career at Georgia to step up and be a factor uh, as they, they play more press man coverage. Another team that, that I think is highlighted about quarterback is Houston. We could pick a number of positions for the Texans, but clearly the quarterback position. I mean, right now, it's it's is it David Mills? It's probably Tyrod Taylor. And let's see what David Mills can do. I, I it's it's you're playing with a really good quality number two quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. That's your starter, um, and they're hoping that Davis Mills can be better than anybody anticipated, and, and probably including the Texans who liked him a bunch. Um, how about the Colts? That's a defensive end situation there. Um, Pay can help them early. Um, he's got really good bend, really good athleticism and balance. Um, Odebingo, Dio Odebingo, has not been able to do much of anything, but he can play inside, outside, so his versatility will help. Uh, Kamiko Ture, uh, Taekwon Lewis, um, Muhammad, uh, Bonago, um, Isaac Rochelle are the others that um, Ture can flash as a pass rusher, but they need more juice in their pass rush. Jacksonville, I know there's all the talk, and people might say, well, what about tight end and, and, um, and, and uh, Tebow and, and, and the quarterback? Well, there's no real quarterback battle. There's no the, the battle to watch, really, from a pure football standpoint. I know the attention is going to be on Tebow. The football battle is the defensive line. Um, they're going they're going to run a lot of three man run a lot of thirty fronts. So Malcolm Brown, Devon Hamilton at nose, um, uh, Ray Robertson Harris, um, Jay Tefeli, Jahan Ward, Doug Costin, Dewan Smooth, uh, Taywan Bryant. Are gonna all they're gonna all they're gonna try to play situational ball with those guys. Uh, the real key to me is Josh Allen and Caleb on Chason. Those are guys that can bring a little pressure off the edge, and that's what they're gonna need to do. I think uh, for them to be successful, Kansas City it's corner Mike Hughes, um, DeAndre Baker, uh, Brashad Bielan. If he uh, Breland, if he comes back, Ladarius, Darius Sneed. Um, I think corner is also in play for the Raiders. Casey Hayward, not the same elite player as he was early in his career. Trevon Mullen, uh, Demon Arnett was not was way overdrafted. You know, so they, they that's that's a position when you address a position and you still have a need year in and year out. You've done a poor job of evaluating that. Amik Robertson, um, Louisiana Tech, has got a chance to maybe factor into their sub packages. For the Chargers, it's the defensive line again. And look, you got Joey Bosa, but Jerry Tillery has played both inside and outside. Linville Joseph, Christian Covington, uh, Nawazu, Kyler Fackrell, who's going to really play opposite Bosa and play effectively is going to be key. The Rams, uh, center position. Austin Blythe started all 18 games. 
at center for the Rams in 2020. Now he's going to be uh, over in the Chiefs offensive line in their massive rebuild there. So Brian Allen started nine games um, in 19. Um, I think Coleman Shelton and Austin Corbett are the the uh, other two options. So we'll see. The center position is going to be really pivotal for them. Um, folks, a lot talk about each uh, about left tackle and protecting the blind side. You better. I always believe this, but Bill Orangeberger believed in it too, that that center position. And then when I went to work for Belichick, Belichick thinks a lot differently than most defensively. He thinks that the most important position on the offensive line is the center and building inside out. And that, that center position, it is so important. It's just that left tackles are more an athletic position. They're more athletic freaks. You can you can make yourself a really good center if you're tough and you're smart. So emphasizing the center position in signings and in the draft, depending upon how desperate you are, they're not as you don't go for those guys high because you can you can make those guys. It's hard to make a left tackle. For Miami, it's the right tackle spot. Um, Robert Hunt, I think, could kick inside the right guard. Solomon Kingsley replacing Eric Flowers on the left side. Jesse Davis, DJ Fluker, um, Liam Eikenberg. Those are the guys that will compete for the starting right tackle spot. I've got some concerns there for a team that's pretty good, a team that's got a young quarterback that needs some confidence, that needs to get the pass rush knocked down. This is going to be really important to see how it works out. For the Vikings, it's corner. And I see your questions there. We'll get to them in a bit. Uh, corner is really important. Um, Mike Hughes removes one guy from the list, Jeff Gladney. Um could be facing a suspension. Mackenzie Alexander, Patrick Peterson, how much left? Don't know. Cameron Dantzler. Um, I think that they'll still look to add somebody here down the stretch. In New England, I'm going to say the quarterback position. Um, I suspect that Cam Newton's going to win it. Um, Mac Jones is picking up that offense quicker than the coaches in New England thought he would. Um, I've talked with Bill. I've talked with Josh extensively about it. He really has absorbed that playbook. Now, being able to understand everything that's thrown at him, again, he plays a different game than Cam. So people say, well, Cam Newton's not a great reader. No, he's not. But here's the thing about Cam, and this is what they believe. I had a question yesterday about how was, because we were talking a lot about COVID and how it affected. Cam Newton was wiped out by COVID last year. Uh, he had no strength, and they tell me he couldn't, the days he couldn't get out of bed and a little bit older, what have you. You never know the situation. He was not the same. He had other injuries, shoulder injuries. There's a bit of a... They feel like Cam can do what they brought him in to do, and that's be a, a run threat and do things. I I wonder how much they can get out of that. I, I think Mac Jones has a real future there, uh, depending on how Cam does, how healthy he is, 
and whether he can be the somewhat of the cam of the Panther days, at least for the start of the year, is going to determine where this goes. But that's one that's going to be worth watching. For the Saints, um, I think you kind of know where this is going. The quarterback position, people are going to say, that's going to be fun. I don't think there's much there. I think the quarterback position is going to be most fun to watch, but it's not really a position battle. This is Jameis Winston's job to lose. Taysom Hill, this is more to d dangle the carrot out, to to not go in publicly saying anything other than it's a competition because you want Taysom to be engaged in doing as much quarterback stuff as he can. And you want to make sure that Jameis Winston doesn't at any point think he's got the job locked up. Taysom Hill is not a guy that can be sustainable as a quarterback over a long period. He's too limited as a passer. Jameis is limited in terms of being able to protect the football. I think that Sean feels like he can um, do a good job of work in the field vertically with the running game by getting the safeties moved and creating some high-low reads for Jameis. So the offense is going to look a lot different in how they're going to try to attack, but I don't think this is a big position battle. But I think it's going to be fun to watch how the quarterbacks progress. I think the interesting battle is going to be the linebacker spot. Zach Bond was expected to transition from an edge roll in Wisconsin to an off-the-backer roll that didn't happen last year. Uh, he lined up in the box just nine of his 100 snaps, 105 snaps, I believe. Um, and then he came in in the edge uh, uh, alignment, the rest of them. I think he could compete for a starting job in nickel alongside Demario Davis. But Pete Werner could pose a challenge. Uh, he's got good athleticism, good size, and um, and, and we're, we're interested to see. They've... Um, We'll see where that goes. For the for the Giants, it's the nickel. They have problems in the secondary. Too many starting options there. Um, you know, Ryan and Peppers and McKinley are three safeties that they'll use uh, when they have a three-safety look. That group gives them enough slot versatility where they don't necessarily need a third corner to field a nickel. That's the concern. Do they have a third corner for nickel because they're going to need it because the, the, the depth even in playing outside, is going to be needed. Darnay Holmes and Aaron Robinson are going to compete for a starting nickel. I worry a little bit about that. Now, Robinson played in the slot at UCF, and he's got the size and experience and press coverage, so I think he can compete outside. But they need another corner to step up for nickel and to be a third outside guy that they can rely upon due to injury depth. Corner, also an issue for the Jets. Jets, we can pick a number of position battles, but... The corner position uh, is going to be real interesting. Um, Bryce Hall has showed flashes. Their fifth-round pick in 2020. In Week 15 against the Rams, he played very well. But they don't have high-end talent in the position. They don't have cornerback uh, in, a, in a contention for a starting job that was drafted before the fifth round. Jason Pinnock out of Pitt. Michael Carter out of Duke. Free agent acquisition. Uh, this, is, this is something that I think they need to add after the cutoffs, uh, the, the cuts. The Eagles, it's the left tackle position. Andre Dillard uh, has gotten off to a tremendous start. Um, but Jordan Malata uh, is going to be a, a guy to watch there. For Pittsburgh, corner again there. 
Steven Nelson out, Mike uh, Hilton um, in the slot out. Cameron Sutton is along the the guy opposite Joe Hayden. They're going to be good enough with him. Um, I'm curious to see what they do with him. Is he going to play outside or in the slot? Well, it depends on what they can do. Depend on how Justin Lane, the third-round pick in 19, and James Pierre can play uh, for that third spot uh, in the nickel spot. Arthur Mollette and uh, Secure Brown also factor into that. The Niners, I think we got to go with the quarterback position. Jimmy Garoppolo likely gets the start. How quickly can Trey Lance start? This is probably similar to what the Bears situation is. And how quickly can they get the young quarterback on the field? Uh, but this is a this is, and I think the Bears can be competitive in their division. But I think the Niners are a really good team. So the thing is, this is a team that can contend in their division. They can contend and have contend with a healthy Garoppolo. So if Lance is not ready, it's going to be interesting to see how they gradually work Trey Lance in. Um, how well Garoppolo plays, that'll determine how quickly Lance can play, if he plays, so on and so forth. For Seattle, it's the defensive line. They're missing a pure three technique as we speak. Jerron Reed um, was released. Um, maybe it's Nimdichke. Um Robert Nimdichke is a, obviously a highly recruited, highly touted player out of Ole Miss. He's not been as consistent. Um, L.J. Collier, uh, Collier is the five technique at this point. Kerry Hyder, I think, could push him. The Leo spot, which is the key spot in that um, uh, defense, Benson Mawai, Carlos Dunlap, Alton Robertson, uh, Daryl Taylor. Uh, I think Taylor is going to move to Sam, and I think um, Dunlop is the key there. He had 31 pressures in nine games last year. He's, I think, the key guy. For the Bucks. I think it's running back. Um, Fournette, Ronald Jones, uh, Giovanni Bernard, Kayshawn Vaughn. You know, kind of sent a little mesh into Kayshawn Vaughn to pick it up. Giovanni Bernard has that role with Kayshawn Vaughn. If he doesn't pick it up, we know what Leonard Fournette did at the latter part of the year. How reliable is he? I think Ronald Jones um, is, is, the, is the most stable guy there. Um, but with, I think Bernard and Jones are the, now Jones has got some experience. He's the most stable. Bernard can be the most reliable change of pace back, but Vaughn has capabilities and Fournette in the big back role, they can really provide depth and value as we saw down the latter part of last year. Will that happen? The lots expected of the Bucks. Most people think they are a shoe-in. And they, their roster has been brought back intact. Are they going to have the same motivation, the same health luck? All of those things are going to be key. I thought they played their best ball, obviously, at the end of last year. Um, people assume that they're going to start that way. Assumptions can be very, very dangerous. I'm very curious to see how the Bucks handle this season overall. But that's a position in particular that's interesting. For the Titans, as we wrap up the last couple here, right tackle. Uh, one of the cap casualties is Dennis Kelly. Um, Isaiah Wilson, that pick was a disaster. Uh, high first-round pick. Uh, Dylan Radness um, with Kendall Lamb. Ty Sombrello competed for a starting job. Um, Radness is going to have to get stronger, uh, but I think he was war one of the more impressive 
um, alignment at the senior bowl. I think he's got a chance. Let's see where that right tackle position goes. And then finally, Washington, it's the safety position. Um, Landon Collins returned from an injury. Cameron Curl played well in his relief. Um, Bobby McLean has been brought in from the Dolphins. Jeremy Reeves. So those are some keys there um, that we uh, will look at and, and follow. Um, some of your thoughts there is we try to get as I uh, lost track of where things uh, let me see if I get to your questions here you had um, Rich has thoughts on Brandon's uh, Jacobs comeback at defensive end I, you know I, I'm very curious to see where it plays out and I'm really not sure Rich also asked about Eric Williams the scouting evaluation when he came out um, out of Central State of Ohio uh, from Wilberforce, many of visits out to Wilberforce. Um, very athletic, worried a little bit about some of his character issues, but very, very talented guy. Michael Sinclair out of Eastern New Mexico. I had a decent grade on Michael. I thought his his um, his potential was good. Bryce Pop was just a playing fool out of Northern Iowa. Uh, Blake, Blake says, uh, Urban Meyer has had a uh, lot of success immediately as a head coach, undefeated for his first three years at Ohio State and similar results at Florida. Do you see that transition to the NFL? No, it doesn't work that way in the NFL. Um, it, 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 when you go to Florida, you turn around a culture pretty quickly, you recruit well, you can, you can fix that, and you should win at Florida. So it's just about winning, you know, a certain few games, and they were the best program in the East when Urban was there. Georgia had underachieved. Georgia with Mark Rick was, and I know people criticize Kirby Smart, but Mark Rick didn't have a lot of real control or discipline. That team was up and down. Georgia team right now under Kirby Smart is much more stable. Now, they've got to get over a certain hump, but the consistency of how they do it gives them a better chance, whereas with Mark, it was up and down. Urban was steady as you go and had a, look, maybe a controversial program, particularly at the end, but he had a lot of talent. He got a lot of his team. Now, he's, this is a long rebuild in Jacksonville. Uh, it, it's, it's about personnel, and, and it's, it's a lot about coaching because the personnel is more evenly dispersed, but they're at a big disadvantage personnel-wise. We just mentioned they've got issues on the offensive line. They've got a young quarterback. They've got a defense that's got a ways to go. So, look, I think he'll have some positive impact. But, no, he's not flipping this around. They're, they're competing right now, probably going to be a top top five, top eight pick in the NFL draft guaranteed. Maybe a top three pick. We'll see how some things shake out around the league. There, there's no question that they'll, they'll struggle. Jeff, good morning, Jeff. Can you give your thoughts on how Winston will do for the Saints this year, please? Uh, we talked a little bit about it um, already. Um, I think whatever Jameis can provide, I think Sean will get out of it. I think what you're going to see is more vertical shots. I think emphasis on the running game, first of all to try to create matchups in the secondary where they can get more vertical shots. It's going to open up the running game and open up because Winston does a really good, good job of getting the ball out on time accurately. So you're not going to see the slant routes. You're going to have to see a lot of the comebacks, the curls. So they're going to have to create spacing and coverage 
so that Jameis, who's a little bit slow processing and very slow with his release, can get the ball out and they can make plays. Uh, it's going to look different. We know it's going to look different. You know, Drew could manipulate coverages, could manipulate fronts, pre-snap and post-snap, but he was limited physically. Jameis has got a lot of physical ability. Um, the things that I just mentioned are going to be pivotal in reducing significantly the mistakes that Winston makes. Turn the football over, it'll be a disaster season. Um, if they don't turn it over, the one thing that's probably not as well known by people who don't study the Saints is that the defense is pretty good, has been pretty good. Now, we just talked about some of the issues at linebacker that they need to get better at, and they addressed and we'll see how well that progresses that defense can play pretty good and the offensive line when healthy has been pretty good and they've put a lot of emphasis on it and running the football and they've got a great back so it's actually set up for a quarterback to have success with a coach and with the team around him um, but it is Jameis Winston it is his decision making and it's at times going to test Sean's patience. It's going to look different because it has to, but, you know, look, I think that if we were looking at the second best team in the South, because I think the Bucks have earned the right, you know, certainly look like the best team. We'll see how that plays out. I still think the Saints as a roster are better than the Falcons and are better than the Panthers, but the quarterback position will ultimately determine whether maybe one of those Falcons or the Panthers may be able to catch the Saints. Are the Saints close to the Bucks or closer to the bottom two teams? Quarterback position is going to determine that. Uh, got this question. Is there a quarterback sleeper in next year's draft that you could throw out? Well, you know my feeling about sleepers. Sleepers are people you may not know much about. Um, and we, we know about those guys. I would say for you as a fan, you may not be aware uh, much of Carson Strong out of Nevada. Get a chance to watch Nevada, and that's Nevada Reno, not UNLV. People often get them mistaken. But Carson Strong is a guy to look out for. I think he's got a lot of ability. If you get a chance to watch him this year, it's a lot of fun. He's certainly someone that could uh, have an impact. He's um, someone that's going to get a lot of play and I think could be a really good player. Um, get into evaluating quarterbacks. Um Lots asked about the, you know, can you go over a little bit of the qualities you look for in evaluating a quarterback? Well, accuracy is the most important physical quality. Toughness, football intelligence, poise are critical. Um, they're absolutely critical for what you need. Um, more than any other position, the quarterback have to have total dedication to football. Can't be an excuse maker or seeker. Type of guy that's got to inspire confidence in his teammates. However he does it, personality-wise, doesn't matter. But he's got to do that. Must develop a great command of cadence. Must work to thoroughly understand defensive tactics, strategy, and catalog how to beat coverages. Over time, you begin to know how to the answers to the questions. You gotta instill and develop timing and confidence in your receivers. You've got to work through that. 
away from the normal practice in the individual work. Physically, you got to have the quickness to get away from under center smoothly and the foot quickness to elude in the pocket while keeping your eyes downfield. And you must be able to throw accurately from different arm angles and positions. Look, if you've got <clears throat> other things that athletically can allow you to do, that's great. But if you have them in lieu of the things that I mentioned, it's not going to work. Um, when you're talking about the release times, getting the ball out on time, on a three-step drop, you ideally want it at uh, 0.76, the setup time, and the release time at 1.5 seconds. Five yards, you want it at like one second and 2.1 release time. Seven yards, one three and three one. And nine yards, one seven five and three nine. That's provided you are on a timing route where the ball has to come up. We're not talking about play extensions or things like that. Well, well, Patrick Mahomes doesn't get up. No, when you when a play's designed to get it out on time, that's what you need to have. When you have improvisational build-ins and all that, we're not talking about that. That's a different issue. No question about it. Um, let's see here. Uh, let me get to some things that... Um, um, I'm just checking some of your questions there. Um, yeah, we answered those things. Okay. Um, so the, the critical factors for quarterbacks. Mental awareness. What is that? Intelligence, field vision, seeing the field, understanding coverages, rating defense, judgment. Competitiveness would be the second most important thing. Physical, mental toughness. Level of intensity. Poise. Handling adverse conditions. Leadership. Confidence. High character guys succeed. Low character guys struggle. High work ethic. I want self-starters. You can't be with them all the time. What are they doing when you're not watching? What do you think Peyton Manning and Tom Brady do when you're not watching? Probably finding ways to convince guys to meet even when they're not supposed to meet to do extra work. That's what you want. Physically, accuracy. What is accuracy? Not completion percentage. Accuracy is hitting the target short, medium, long, without making receivers work. The ability to deliver a catchable ball, have touch when you need it, leading receiver in a deep ball. We're talking about velocity and timing. All those things are important. Completion percentage is not accuracy. Completion percentage is a team offensive passing statistic. It's a combination of a quarterback's accuracy and a receiver's ability to catch the ball. But if you throw a quick slant that needs to be six inches in front of the receiver and it's thrown right in the numbers, that's an inaccurate throw that's completed. If you throw it perfectly on a, on a um, fade stop and it's dropped or defended because the receiver didn't do his job, that's a completion. That's an accurate throw by the quarterback. It's not a completion. It's an accurate throw. So you're looking at accuracy percentage. And you break down, we break down, I break down, everybody should do it and everybody does it in the, in the football business. You break down accuracy percentage on every route. So then you know which he can handle and which he can't. Release type and quickness, the type of release, the location of the release, 
quickness from the throwing point. You, you heard me mention the times. That's a good indicator when the ball has to come out on time. Then it'd be arm strength. Arm strength is important. Um, it's down the list, but it's important. The velocity on ball when is needed. Can he throw the deep ball with a little effort? Can he deliver the ball falling away from pressure with only his arm? The velocity on the out route, the tightness of the spiral. The arm strength is more determined by the ability to throw the ball outside the numbers than deep. Because you can throw the deep ball with your legs. You have to throw the outside the numbers ball often with your arms. <clears throat> There's one foolproof measure to determine arm strength. Only one. And it's a drill I learned. Good Lord. Um, 25 years ago? 30 years ago? Very simple. And you can do this there. You want to know the arm strength. The quarterback stands on the goal line. You put him on the goal line. And you put the receiver flex out at the X position. The quarterback cannot move his feet. He can only throw the ball with his arm. Again, you're just testing arm strength. Okay, you're not testing, you're not evaluating the mechanics. That comes in another evaluation. Arm strength. Runs a five-yard out. Start strictly with your arm. You can't move because you're trying to see whether you can throw it off platform, right? Then you run a 10-yard. Then you run a 15. You can see who throws with velocity and who throws a heavy ball. Who, Because sometimes guys don't throw a spiral, but they throw a heavy ball that can can handle the velocity of throwing it. That will tell you about the velocity on the ball. Everything else on film is going to be affected by his footwork, his leg strength, his timing, all those things. So it doesn't mean that if you can't do those drills, that you can't be great at quarterback. Oh, oh, oh contraire, as they say. You still can, but you can't do the arm strength things outside the pocket, uh, off platform. So you just need to avoid that. Uh, you can see that. Um, <clears throat> now, you, you could also see it when you see uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, parallel to the ground and throwing it. You could see John Elway throwing across his body. You can see the arm strength on film. But outside of something that obvious, every, everything you else will see, you see the arm strength and the velocity, but it comes through a number of things, your movement, your... All those things are important. So that's a foolproof test of arm strength just as a sidebar. Then I look at body size and strength. Does he meet the height, weight, strength requirements for the position? Does he have the hand size and the body strength to protect the ball? Then the productions. Do the numbers back up as great? Accuracy percentage over completion percentage on every route. Interception versus touchdown ratio. But you got to break down all the throws to determine the fault of it. And, but if you have a bunch of interceptions, something's going wrong. You're being taught wrong. He doesn't play well. He doesn't learn well. you got to figure it out. And then the result of what I call the passing chart on film grade. Uh, percentage of correct line of scrimmage adjustments. Percentage of correct post-snap adjustment. Does he protect the ball first before trying to make a big play? Is he a technique and fundamental stickler for details? Then I look for other things that are position-specific. Speed. On rollouts and sprints, the stride to the throwing point, the natural running ability, the ability to avoid the rush, the scrambling ability. Then I look for athletic ability. 
the quickness, agility, balance, the change of direction, body flexibility, runability, the feel and physical adjustment to pocket pressure. Then I also look at ball mechanics, ball handling, the ability to sell the play action, setup quickness, delivery quickness, the type of release. Is it elongated? Does it come out quick? Can he, Again, can he adjust? Quickness from the throwing point to the release. Does it take a while? Does it come out real quick? The setup quickness, the quickness away from the center, the, the, the quickest in modern history. Namath was did the best setup quickness probably of all time uh, until Drew Brees. Those are the two quickest from center uh, in, what, 40, 45 years. There are other guys that were very quick, but those two set up the quickest. Speed to the throwing point, the body control to throw in the move, effective on rollouts, uh, foot quickness, stride to the throwing point, and then avoid skills and scrambling, natural running ability, avoid rush skills. Dan Marino couldn't run to save his life, but he had natural avoid um, skills in the pocket and, and a great feel and sense of pressure, so understanding that. So um, hands are usually very, very good. They're usually good holders uh, if you need to have a guy there. So those are some things from a quarterback evaluation standpoint. Didn't get a chance to go over the uh, recruiting updates. Maybe we'll get to that tomorrow on the Landry Football Podcast. I do want to get the last couple of things. Which quarterback do you think is harder to try to intercept the ball from, meaning trying to get a turnover from the quarterback? Well, um, I think that right now it's Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think it's he's the one that probably is the most difficult to intercept. Brady's, um, you know, we saw last year, you know, there's some physical limitations that led to that. Right now, the guy that probably um, is, and I'll have to go back and look at my notes, and I, and I will uh, this past year, um, the overall grades are one thing, but the guy that really did the best job is that uh, these are my summary notes here. Um, yeah, it's it's Aaron Rodgers right now. Uh, it's it's be the guy. Then I, I go back and look at the film grade notes. These are just the summary notes. Um, would be the best um, right now in the league. Hey, boy, appreciate all your thoughts. Appreciate all your questions. Run a little bit long today. Gosh, I do that. Uh, a little too often, but hey, we can do that. We can go a little bit longer, right? So appreciate everybody joining and participating. Rich and Blake and um, uh, Woodcheck King and um, Fantasy 101. Uh, Tony joining us at the beginning. Everybody, really appreciate your time. Uh, please spread the word about what we're doing. Check us out live here on Twitch uh, each and um, every day. Uh, and again, a reminder, I know... Blake, I believe you catch us on YouTube. Try to get you guys to flip on over to Twitch as we kind of transition. Jeff as well, um, as we're going to getting into the more of the Twitch programming, we want to make sure that you're able to catch the show, and we don't want you to think, hey, you're you're going around. Just go to twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Very simple. It doesn't, you know, and you can go ahead and um, and uh, you can. You can catch us there. That'll be uh, be the best way to do it going forward. Really appreciate you guys joining us. And, again, join us tomorrow for the Landry Football Podcast, same time. And uh, join us uh, over at LandryFootball.com. Remember, get all the breakdowns, all the notebooks every day, 
all the grading of the players by position, the unit groups, college football, the NFL. Uh, we got it uh, covered for you here. So appreciate you joining us uh, and talk to you again uh, tomorrow and see you over at LandryFootball.com. So long, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.